0: People-pleasing, why is this such a huge topic? I mean, first of all, this is something I've touched on several times on this podcast. It's something that will touch in and out of certain conversations I'm having because I think it's such an underlying message for people to be more conscious of, that message being that people-pleasing is self-misleading. And to expand on that further, the purpose of People pleasing is to make everyone around you feel good because when people around you feel good, then the environment feels more peaceful and you feel like you have fulfilled some sort of purpose. But, and to bring being a firstborn Nigerian daughter into this, <laughs> and to also bring being a Libra rising into this, I am at a predisposition to be an eternal people pleaser. When you are a firstborn Nigerian daughter, you're basically a spare mum. You're like the person who your siblings would go to to probably resolve a fight if they don't want to go to mum and get in actual trouble. You'd be the person that mom would instruct to make sure everybody's good while mum has to pop out for a bit. Basically... Bestowed upon you will be responsibilities that you have no business really taking up or even upholding. Unfortunately, and all the firstborn daughters, whether you're Nigerian or not, know this, That responsibility never quite leaves you. You internalise that responsibility and you carry it just as much as you carry your name. It is a part of your identity and you do not know who you are (laughs) outside of being the go-to person for your younger siblings unless you find a way to really work through that and manage the level of responsibility you choose to take on. And that's the phase of my life that I believe I'm in now where I'm really having to sit with the hardest truth to reckon with Which is that no matter how hard other people are struggling around you, you cannot do life for them. You cannot make their lives any easier for them. You can help, you can support, you can encourage and you can uplift, but you can't do life for them. Even if they're really struggling and the steps appear so simple for you. If only you could just put their shoes on and just take the steps you want them to take. Now, how does this link into dating men, you might wonder? Well, it has all the links. But before we get there, (laughs) I just want to talk about being a Libra rising because anybody who has Libra placements, especially if you are a Libra sun or a Libra moon or a Libra rising, then most likely you have people-pleaser tendencies. And depending on where that placement is in your chart, those tendencies might be stronger so if you have a libra rising or a libra sun i strongly believe that you have even more of an inclination to be a people pleaser why you might wonder well let's unpack libra as a sign very quickly i promise i will not spend the whole episode discussing astrology even though i so badly deeply want to (laughs) but libra as a sign as you may or may not know is represented by the symbol of the scales it prioritizes balance justice, making sure other people feel good, mirroring others, symmetry, harmony and even duality. Essentially Libra's role in the zodiac is to bring harmony and balance to the way that natural order works. So when you observe how Libra behaves in social situations, Libras tend to be the kind of people who, if they are an insecure Libra, they are likely to parrot other people's sentiments in their presence to hopefully jump, jump track, (laughs) fast track the bonding process. So what I mean by that is Libras tend to be agreeable because There's a belief Libras have that if you're agreeable, then you're easier to be around, which would hopefully if you're in a romantic dialogue with someone or you're talking to someone who you fancy, you're hoping that that agreeableness will make them like you quicker. Because deep down, Libras care about what other people think of them. And if you have a Libra rising, then absolutely you're going to care about what people think of how you look because you're rising is how you appear to other people. And that includes your appearance, your physical appearance. So Libras are very image conscious, whether that's how they look or how they come across to other people. They care about maintaining their reputation. And sometimes it can make Libras come across as fake and flaky because a Libra might say one thing to someone else in agreement with them and then they'll go to someone else and also agree with that person (laughs) so people think Libras are fake but actually it's that we're just really able to see many sides of many things which is why Libras are not people that you come to if you want them to take your side rather Libras are the people you come to if you need a mediator (laughs) and as a Libra rising myself I I've learned that you know what There are diplomatic ways to put your point across to someone, especially if they're not ready to hear it. And that's why I am glad to be a Libra because (laughs) I it's almost like Libras are like the naturally media trained people of the Zodiac. Like we just know how to say stuff that sounds good or we know how to talk our way out of trouble. (laughs) We're basically the sweet talkers. So now let's link this to dating men and being a people pleaser. Well, as someone that is a Libra rising... Aside from even astrology, just as someone that has people-pleaser tendencies, I have seen how that has influenced and definitely impacted the way that I approach forming relationships with men. And how it has done so is when I was younger, especially in my earlier 20s, um, and I'm saying this at the age of now, 28 years old, but in my earlier 20s, I found myself... Being the type of person who I'm sure you've heard this before in other people where I would say things like, look, I'm just a simple girl. okay? like I'm not like other girls who ask for so much. I'm a down ass chick. You want to you want to hang out by sitting in the park? Let's do that. You want to you want to get to know me by by us having discussions about the stars and philosophy from. From nine PM till four AM on a, on a on a cold balcony. Let's do that. <laughs> you wanna <laughs> you wanna take me out? Listen, you ain't even gotta spend money. You just you just need to bring your company with you. Just bring yourself, and that's enough. Listen, I'm not saying that those sentiments are bad sentiments to hold. There are still some of those sentiments that follow me, but it's the context of who I'm sharing that side of myself with. But in essence, what I was expressing there with those examples is that I used to be that person who would just try and make myself as easy to date as possible um, because I was scared that if I had stipulations or needs or prerequisites or requirements of men who want to date me and men who want to sleep with me, then that would make me someone that's going to be hard to date. And when you are a young black woman who already doesn't feel that confident in herself. The idea of even asking for more feels like you're going to make it harder for yourself to find someone. So the mechanism to protect yourself and hopefully put yourself more out there is to come across as easier to, to be around, um, easier to date. But my problem with people pleasing in, in people who deserve to be more upfront and more headstrong about their needs is that the person who is a people pleaser rarely ever gets their needs met anyway and you know what's also interesting the purple the person who you're doing all this people pleasing for you you'll probably meet some of their needs but not all of their needs because usually what happens is people who are attracted to the people pleaser character type aka the anxious preoccupied (laughs) I do think there's a link here between being a people pleaser and having an anxious attachment style I've noticed that the people who are anxious attached slash people pleasers usually tend to be drawn to or attract those who like to extrapolate energy from others and that obviously tends to be straight men have you noticed that usually it's women that are more on the anxious side of the attachment stuff and then men are more avoidant and dismissive I mean yeah it makes sense when you look at how we've been raised but aside from that it's like okay separate from the attachment style conversation just observing the society we're in and how certain adverts or even just articles or media we consume where you know the woman has to be the bombshell It's like you know she's got like a 24 inch waist like think Victoria's Victoria's Secret style adverts and the passion that's displayed in these ads and the sexiness and you just need to have a pussy that somehow tastes like mango but still has a balanced microbiome and you still need to have a twenty-four-inch waist without starving and you need to be a sexy prowess powerful enchanting tantalizing titillating sex goddess. <laughs> I think all of those things add to people pleasing. And what annoys me the most oh my god, what annoys me the most is <laughs> in like being a people pleaser. Back in my people pleasing days, yeah? The stuff I used to do for men. I remember, I remember, yeah, being with guys who, they made me feel like their sexual needs were more important than mine. And as a result, I found myself doing stuff for them that was not reciprocated, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And I don't like that, I wish I could go back in time and um, unsuck certain things, but we're not gonna do that because we can't do that. But I do feel like that's a very common thread in straight relationships with women who date men. Where you know you want him to give you head. You know that you enjoy head more than other sexual acts. But you've asked him or you've told him and for whatever reason he doesn't want to do it. But you're still giving him head. Why is that? Why is that? Why does he get to experience that but you don't? Because it could be argued that you know... Whatever, he's probably traumatised from pussies and he just doesn't want to do it. And, you know, I don't happen to be traumatised, so I'm okay with making sure he feels good because I care about him. But you're not getting your needs met. Whilst making sure that man's needs are met. I don't like that. I don't like that. (laughs) And I remember... hmm, There was a guy I dated when I was... wasn't even that long ago in the timeline I think I was either 26 or just turned 27 and this guy I was dating I'm just to put things to put things diplomatically he never made it to asking me for head because let's just say oh I feel so cringe saying this I don't know I just feel really uncomfortable about talking about myself doing sexual stuff maybe if I was talking about this in a more private forum then I'll be going all out with the details but I just don't know who's watching this but I will say basically let's just say (laughs) let's just say I have a technique with my hands and the technique is robust enough that he didn't need, he didn't, he didn't make it to asking me for head because there was no reason for it because he was done. So I feel like, okay, this guy was not giving, this guy wasn't giving me head, but I was giving him hand. And I feel like, because how do I explain it? It's like, I made it clear that I wanted that and he didn't want to do it. And it always used to make me feel weird. Like I didn't want to be that person that would, like, coerce anybody into doing anything sexual that they're not comfortable with. But it did make me feel weird because it's like, but you're a grown man. This guy was in his, thir- like, maybe early 30s. It's not like he was some super young guy who's not been out there. This guy's in his early 30s. He just didn't want to do it. And it made me feel weird. And I feel like even though I wasn't giving him head, that was still people pleasing by... Allowing him to still have a nice time, even though it was my hands, I still feel like, yeah, but he didn't deserve. I feel like I should have just stopped everything altogether and I should have been like, oh, you don't want to make me feel good. Maybe there's an incompatibility here because unfortunately we did end up having that particular conversation where I was like, this isn't working for me. Maybe there's some sort of incompatibility between us. I don't want to have sex with you anymore because monies aren't being met and how annoying that once I said I don't want to do this with you anymore because my needs aren't being met that's when he was now open to to doing what I wanted it should not be that way I feel like I shouldn't have to like it's not even like I was threatening him but low-key it's like I shouldn't have to threaten to revoke the pussy for you to do what the pussy wants that's just really weird um but it doesn't sit well with me that there's a lot of women who are giving men head and they're not getting head that doesn't sit well with me it rattles my spirit and it bothers me and that's the kind of shit that will have me waking up in the middle of the night out of nowhere consumed by the thought of it like there is someone somewhere in the world right now making a man feel good when he ain't even made her feel good and I don't like that (laughs) but this people pleasing thing goes even deeper than putting your own sexual desires aside to prioritize a man's feelings there I want to understand People who are giving men money. Because that to me feels like a surefire way to get taken advantage of by men. Because it's like, if you're dating men who need your financial help, To such an extent that you have to be giving them money or borrowing them money on like a frequent basis. It's almost like maybe you need to review the kind of men you date. And I feel like people aren't going to like this because it comes back to that really delicate conversation of dating men who have money or dating men who financially have their shit together and it sounds like such a big thing to ask for when it's not because there are many women who are already doing that there are many women who there's a lot of people who clearly have their their shit together financially enough to be giving them money so it's not like it's an impossible feat it's just that you feel bad you feel bad about seeing men struggling and wishing them the best of luck You feel like you have to intervene and save them, so you give them money. And my worst nightmare, my worst imaginable nightmare is borrowing a man money so that he will use it to spend money on another woman. You don't even know what a guy's using the money for. Oh, my God. Like, why, as a grown man, do you need me to give you money? Because it's different if... You're someone I've known for years yeah like you're my friend and I can see how your situation has literally unraveled before both of our eyes and I know that if I borrow you money I know that you'll pay me back or if I borrow you money I know that you're not going to form this pattern of coming back to ask me for more because throughout the duration of time that I've known you you've been a noble person you've been a man of your word you've been someone that has your stuff in order and I know that this is not a situation that you even feel comfortable being in let alone coming to ask me for money but I just feel weird about the concept of giving men money um I feel weird about the concept of dating men who you have to financially support it feels weird to me because have we learned nothing (laughs) have we have we observed nothing from the track record that men have have we not witnessed the reputation that men have created for themselves when it comes to money when it comes to borrowing cash from women um it's somehow and my worry and my constant anxiety about borrowing their money is that they're just gonna use it to spend on other women either they're gonna spend your money on other women or they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna use your money to like create a version of themselves that will impress other women and hopefully entice those women enough to sleep with them. All on you, on your pound, on your dollar, on your naira. I oh, don't know. I oh, don't know. That don't sit well with me. And I the reason why I would chalk that down to people pleasing is because you don't feel comfortable watching a man struggle without you intervening. And a low, and low-key, a part of you probably feels like maybe if I help this guy while he's in this really struggling place, he's going to have, like, this irreplaceable spot for me in his heart where he's going to feel like, you know what? She really helped me when I was down bad. And for that, I owe her an eternity of love. And just spoiling her with hugs and kisses and compliments and just... Just being there as a man for her because she really held me down when I couldn't even stand up. You really think that's gonna happen? How many times has that happened? Because when we think about the statistics which are out there somewhere, I ain't got those stats right now, but I'm sure those stats can be found in regards to how many men have actually held their partners down after their woman partner financially supported them for a rough period how many of those men have actually come back and been noble and have remained true to their woman partner and have made up for all of that financial investment that she has put in him how many of those men actually do that because I'm sure when we can look at those statistics I am sure those stats will be negligible and I'm sure majority of what we'll see is the men who have <laughs> moved on glowed up with your money and are now piping other (laughs) gal. Or what about (laughs) this one? There's hella articles on the internet. I came across this the other day and I was, I actually posted it on my story. I came across it the other day um, through something. Someone DM'd me about, oh, I remember. So people were having a go at me as usual in my comments about me saying that I prefer a man who's going to pour into me and nurture me and uplift me and support me and encourage me and um people were basically implying that that's just too much to ask of a human being even though women do that for men all the time but anyway somehow I came across these statistics that were discussing men leaving their wives when their wives become ill and how high those statistics are um And in fact, let me try and Google, let me try and Google these statistics now of men who leave their wives, men leaving men, because we're going to be doing, we're going to do stats today. We're actually going to do that today. (laughs) Already I've got a hella articles coming up and it's very disheartening actually to see how many articles have come up about this. Um, because it shows that anybody who has experienced this is is not the exception, and actually this is a very common thing. Um, I'm still looking for stats. I'm seeing just articles saying it's true. Men leave sick wives. I'm seeing one from NBC News: Men more likely to leave spouse who has cancer. Another one from Science Daily: Men leave separation and divorce far more common than the wife. Another one on opra.com Why men leave sick wives facing illness alone? I would say this is embarrassing, but I'm I'm not even embarrassed because to be embarrassed means that you'd be surprised, right? Like you'd be, you know, kind of caught off guard. But in this case, okay, here's a here's a stat I found from catholicherald.co.uk. It's giving Christian Mingle. <laughs> but this says The percentage for women who... Oh, wait. It says almost 90% of the abandoned spouses are wives. I thought it was going to be like something like maybe 70% of the abandoned spouses are wives. 90%. So that means if you choose to marry a man and you get ill to such an extent where you need like round-the-clock care... Or you just need someone that's going to be really, really involved in your basic everyday routine. According to that stat, there's a 90% chance that your man's going to leave you. So when you think about that and when you consider that in the back of your mind, I'm not saying that you should never partner with a man because there's a 90% chance he'll leave you if you get sick. But what I am saying is that you should keep that. Keep that thought somewhere and let that be something you refer to when you're about to dive into your savings to save a man. Let that be a thought you keep in your mind when you're about to take that man's kids into your home and start playing stepmom for a man who you don't even know if he's committed to you. You don't even know if this man's just using you to hold on to his kids while he goes to go live his life and sleep with other women because... When you really, 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 really deep how selfish and depraved most men are, man, you'll think twice about giving your time away to these men because your time is actually all you have. Yeah, money is a really, really important resource to be protective of, especially when you've worked hard to make your own money as a woman, but your time is the one thing you can't get back. You can make money and lose money any time, any day, but your time... Your time is something you can't get back, especially if you're someone that is, you know, if you have ovaries and you're considering having children, your time, your time is valuable. (laughs) Like from 35 years old, you are considered geriatric. And I hate that word. Geriatric sounds like some sort of like, geriatric sounds like a disease, but from 35 years old, you're considered geriatric. So if you're going to be like, just, I don't know, procrastinating through life with men and you know deep down you want to have kids, then surely won't it make sense to be forming connections with men who you know that you are most likely to actually have a more sustainable connection with? But when you're a people pleaser, you don't think for your future, you don't think for yourself, you think for the here and now and you think about... Well, how's that guy going to feel if I say no? Like people be saying no to you all the time in the most random circumstances, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's a friend. People be saying no all the time. Have you died? Have you died from hearing no? No, you haven't. Is that man really going to die from you saying no? to whatever it is, whether it's you sucking his dick, whether it's you lending him 2,000 pounds, whether it's you letting him borrow your credit card, is he gonna die? Because let's say, God forbid, something awful were to happen to you right now and you're not on this planet anymore. Do you think that man's not gonna find someone else to leech from? Do you think his life is gonna come to a stop once your life comes to a stop? Or do you think he's gonna find his way? Whether that's finding another woman who has a very similar personality style to you, Because, you know the saying, a monkey knows which tree to climb. Men who have this particular mindset and personality where they love using women, they will always go for a certain type of woman. And usually it's a beautiful woman who's a really nice person. Like you're a really fucking nice person and you are the first to take the coat off your back to give someone else if you really need to. And if that person absolutely needs your help you are happy to sacrifice your own temporary needs and desires to make sure someone else is doing good. You are loved by people in your community. You are known as being the really sweet girl. In fact, you've gone as far as making your whole personality about being the easy, fun, nice, people-pleasing girl. And you don't see people pleasing as a bad thing. You see it as just like, well, shouldn't everyone be this nice? You are a target. You are a target for these men. And it gets even scarier outside of doing sexual favors for men who don't want to reciprocate or, or lending or giving them money, money. What about signing legally binding documents with these men? Oh, my God, I'm so scared. I, oh. People will be outside of just marrying these men, which is I think that's probably which one is worse, actually, or which one is scarier. Signing. Marriage documents with a man or signing mortgage documents with a man. Like, which one do you think is the is the worst one? I don't know. I really don't know which one because when you think about marriage, legally binding yourself to a man-free marriage, I heard that if you marry someone and technically you can actually, be, you can take on their debt, like as in their debt becomes your debt, I heard that, I also heard that if you marry a man, like let's say you choose to take his last name and then you've now divorced, occasionally there's still gonna be letters that will come through that has his last name next to your name. And that would just bring the trigger back all over again. Cause I mean, yeah, you can, you can go back and change documents and revert it to your original surname, but there's still gonna be that occasional letter that will come through that for some reason they didn't have you don't you don't even remember to contact that particular company to remind to let them know that you changed your name you're going to get a letter with that man's name on your name and how's that trigger going to make you feel <laughs> what else <coughs> when you legally marry um, is it like a credit score thing as well does 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 being married to someone with a bad credit score affect yours is that a thing cuz all of that aside now let's talk about signing mortgage documents with a man. <laughs> because I think the credit score thing comes in if you're signing mortgage with a man, maybe. Mortgage being that you're both, like, gonna own this house together. So you have to keep up the payments together. I don't know. I feel weird about that, especially if you're, like, a breadwinner woman. And I'm not saying breadwinner woman to, to make it seem like that's not a cool thing to be. If that's If that floats your boat. But something about being the breadwinner woman and then signing a legal document like a mortgage of a man and then I'm just imagining a scenario where (sighs) okay you're maybe like second year into being married and this man is suddenly slacking and becoming lazy and because he knows that his wife is the breadwinner he can just you know honey I just don't have it this month But I'm working on it. And then before you know it, you're just carrying the financial load of the household. But because you're making significantly more than him and because you're a people pleaser, you tell yourself, well, I mean, it can't be that bad. You know, yeah, he's he's going through a rough patch right now, but it won't be forever. And I'm making way more than him anyway. And I don't think investing in my home is a bad investment to make. And, you know maybe it could just be that God wants this money to just go into the ha- Like, you can find ways to justify this to yourself, but it don't sit right. Personally, for me and my spirit, that don't sit right with me. And I really hope and pray that I am never in the position of being the breadwinner. And why I say that is because, one, I don't think it's a bad thing to have money. I just feel like, or even a bad thing to have more money than a guy. I just feel like there's something really risky in being a woman and being the person that's carrying the financial load of the relationship and then that man possibly becoming lazy and because you're legally bound into this ma- into this mortgage slash marriage it's murky like you can't just up and go and that's what scares me because if you're just dating him and you found that okay for the past 6 months it's really been me just footing the whole bill of our life together like I'm looking after the household finances. We're splitting the bill when we go on dates. This man ain't buying me no gifts. And even when he does buy me the occasional gift, like he's used my money. So I just basically bought myself a gift. It now makes you think, well, why am I with this man? I mean, it'll make me think that. I don't think most people have that kind of internal dialogue where they're like, hmm, I feel like I'm just looking after this random man. Maybe I should just kind of maybe like not do that. Maybe I should just like live for myself and maybe instead partner with someone I don't have to take care of. Rather, we can be interdependent. Because interdependence is also a thing. Surprise, surprise. (coughs) I feel like we approach relationships in such binaries where it's like, the guy is either gonna be rich and controlling and you're gonna be codependent and completely under his thumb, or he's gonna be broke and noble and you can enjoy nice walks forever as dates and money is bad and money makes everything disingenuous. And so you're gonna to have to pick between the two and you better be sure to pick the guy who has nothing going for him so that you can just imagine all the romance. And that's more real because money is fake and going for dinner is fake. Like, I just kind of feel like, what about the, What about in the middle? There is a middle, too, where you both have your own money, but you enjoy not spending your money. <laughs> and you can just spend your money on what you want to spend it on. And he has enough money, too, maybe even more than you, where he also just wants to enjoy. It happens to be that he enjoys spending his money on you and he enjoys supporting you and that's not draining for him and that is an interdependent relationship because it's about you both finding ways to lean into each other and help each other but there isn't this ultimate dependence on each other and how I can see myself like feeling like I can help a man or feeling like how would I love a man is like first of all my energy (laughs) my energy is so listen if you know me then you know me in it if you don't know me then all you have to judge me with is these podcasts and if you're a guy you're probably not gonna like me from listening to these podcasts because you're gonna think all she talks about is money all she talks about is hating men all she talks about is how to outsmart men and how to how to how to why can't you just be normal it's like well this is a podcast that's specifically aimed towards disobedient women who date men. So, of course, everything I talk about will be within the realm of this topic. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to social media and putting yourself out there, people just go by what they see. So it's I can't do anything about that. But it's interesting because maybe there are women, too, who they're just not the audience for this kind of thing. But they still have to find a way to come and make it known that they're not the audience, you know? They still have to come and tell everybody that they like walks as first dates with strangers from dating apps. They still have to come and tell everybody. Oh, wait, 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 even on that topic, hold on a minute. And while we're talking about people pleasing, last week, I came across this tweet that someone had shared on their story and they tagged me in that story share. And it was a screenshot of a tweet of a man saying that he would like to do a nap and shower date. And the way he posed the question was like, why can't we have like, why can't we have a nap and shower date? Um, Like, what if the guy doesn't even do anything, but you know, it's still a nap and shower date where he's just, it's just really real and genuine. So this is what people are accepting nap and shower dates do you see why do you see why I feel like I really have to make this podcast because I was last week years old when I learned that people were going for walks as first dates with strangers from dating apps and that to me was quite a lot to like take in Because people were really going for it and really supporting it and being like, what? So you wouldn't go for a walk with a man you don't know? Sounds like you're materialistic. Now I'm hearing people are accepting nap and shower dates. First of all, a nap and a shower is a basic human essential thing to do before you've even left the house. Let alone inviting someone you don't know to come and do that with you. And then marketing it as like real and genuine. Like, can you not see that these guys are targeting people pleaser women? Like, if you are a people pleaser, you are the target of the men who are offering walks as first dates. You are a target for the men who are offering shower and nap dates. If you are a woman who is a people pleaser, you are a target for men who have nothing to offer you outside of words, dick hugs, compliments and their company. If you are a people pleaser woman, I'm not saying you need to stop being who you are and you need to just become this cold version of yourself who is isolated and mean. I am not saying that, I am saying you just need to be more considerate and careful of who you are pleasing and maybe, just maybe, You need to be one of those women who actually does have needs and actually does have standards because you are more likely to get swept up in men's bullshit. You are likely, as a people-pleaser woman, to attract the men who are going to be putting you in debt by trying to rescue them from their financial irresponsibility. If you are a people-pleaser woman, you are also very likely to be a victim of the men who will absolutely be using your address to do their fraud. If you are a people-pleaser woman, you are also at risk of being a woman who is likely to be holding and hiding drugs and weapons for men who are in shady business. If you are a people-pleaser woman, you are also at risk of attracting men who would like to move into your home and finish the milk, eggs and bread in your fridge. And you will tell yourself that this is only for a season he's having a hard time. God has given me access to groceries and money. Let me help him. mm God. if you wanna help him, you can point him to the nearest job center, okay, might even go as far as sending him a supportive text the morning of his job interview. If you wanna people, please, and help that man and he's homeless. You can help him download right move on his phone, okay. If you want a people, please, and help that man to hide drugs or hide a gun or a knife in your handbag, maybe what you can do is give him the phone number of Frank. In the UK, we have this thing called Frank. Yeah, talk to Frank is basically code for call this hotline if you need rehab style, reassurance and support for a drug addiction. Like... There are ways to not lose who you are as maybe someone who is eternally bound to people pleasing without giving your whole future away to men. The stakes are high. This is really scary. I am truly genuinely worried about the women who are just allowing men to walk into their lives, dump their shit, leave and never return for the shit that they dumped. And now you're just left with this man's responsibilities that you had no business taking on but because you are such a nice person you've made your whole identity about saving strays like and this is what bothers me about you know what I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast where I was referencing who I used to be in my early 20s where I was that chilled you know, I'd refer to myself as that chilled, down ass, easy easy-to-vibe-with girl. You know, I don't have needs. Really, looking back to where I was and the mindset that I held, I was just scared that men wouldn't pick me. I was a pick-me. Back in my early 20s, I was a pick-me. Like, there's no way I would have arrived at this mentality that I have now, which, to some people, it still comes across as um, unrealistic, or inconceivable for them it feels like it's almost too hard to uphold but there was a time when I was a pick me I need you to understand that there's an arc here I didn't just arrive having all of this sort of knowledge of men's conniving ways like I have been (laughs) I have also been on the receiving end of men's rubbish and majority of it I enabled by being a people pleaser and When I think back to my pick-me-people-pleasing days and I think about the quality of men that I was allowing to touch me. I'm even breaking out in a rash thinking about it because I'm really humiliated. (laughs) So disgusting. And oh my God. I think another thing as well, like people-pleasing is deep, man. Like I know we're laughing about it because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. But... Another thing about people pleasing is (laughs) sometimes, yeah, you become that person who, when you meet a new guy, your immediate instinct is, I want to go with the flow, you know, I want to just go with his flow, let's see his pace, and I don't want to rush him I just want to see where things go Chow, you can see where things have gone and before you know it it's five years are flown by and you're still seeing where things have gone or without even getting to five it can get to five months to me personally five months is a massive amount of time especially if that five months has been wasted with a man who has no sense of clarity to offer me as to where this is going because I'm sorry if somebody has Come to you to try and toast you for your attention because they like how your breast looks, or they've been looking at you for a while and they've imagined having sex with you, and that has formed part of their attraction to you. It is in their responsibility to make sure that you are having a great time in their company because they want access to your body. I don't think that's a lot to ask for. However, This going with the flow thing bothers me because you're literally just letting men just decide what kind of space they're going to take up in your life for how long and how frequently. So which part are you going to play in deciding what you want to get out of this? Because you was minding your business. You was minding your business when this man came to you. So you have every right. This is within your power to actually decide what you're going to demand so you mean to tell me you're gonna be a down ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a down ass chick. I don't have any needs. What do you mean? What are needs? Pfft, fuck that. You wanna you wanna walk on cement as a date? Let's do that. You wanna you wanna come to my house for a first date, and eat the food in my fridge? Let's do that. You wanna you wanna um, you wanna suddenly start being my boyfriend, even though we've only known each other for two weeks? Yeah, let's do that. You want to sleep with me the first night we've met? Well, I'm a down-ass chick, so let's do that. Really? Really? Let's be honest with ourselves, because this is not a drag. It's not a drag, but let's be honest with ourselves, as someone that's also done this before. Did being the down-ass, easy-going, simple-flowing chick result in you getting what you wanted to get out of the relationship? Has being a down ass easy to go with the flow chick resulted in you getting the relationship you want? Do you even know what type of relationship you want? Have you ever vocalized the words, I want the type of relationship where? Has that ever come out of your mouth before? Have you ever even imagined the type of relationship you want? Down to enough of a T where you can even identify what kind of guy you can imagine having that possible relationship with. Because I'll use myself as an example, especially as an ex-people pleaser, okay? And you know what? Once a people pleaser, low-key always people pleaser, but to expand on that before I explain what my kind of ideal, not even ideal, but the kind of relationship I prefer... To expand on once people pleaser, always people pleaser. What I mean by that is, I'm not saying you're going to forever be a people pleaser even if you've done work. What I am saying, however, is that the deep down wiring of being a people pleaser is that you're deeply an empath. And I really try to stay away from the word empath because I know a lot of manipulative people be using that as their go-to word. But what I mean is that you deep down have a lot of empathy. So you know that you have, it's in your wheelhouse, to be able to help and save people like you don't think twice about wanting to do that and as you get more wise in understanding how people pleasing can negatively affect you that's where you start to become more picky about who you're going to help so it's not that you're going to stop helping people or you're going to stop being somebody that is reliable or kind it's that you're going to be more specific about who deserves that kindness now onto the kind of relationship that I would want to be in and why people pleasing is not compatible with that kind of relationship okay so the kind of relationship I want to be in is (laughs) okay I'm actually being serious now the kind of relationship I see myself being in if I'm going to be in a relationship with a guy because this is the thing to clarify and preface yeah I'm not looking for a relationship I'm open to it there is a clear difference I'm just outside in it like I'm here in it but I'm not going outside every day looking and hoping that I will find hashtag the one I'm not leaving my house daily with the desire to hopefully make myself available to the guy who's going to be able to co-create this relationship with me that I would prefer to have so let's get into this the the relationship that I prefer to have with a man I mean we already know i spoke about this several times. He has to have his shit together financially. That's a separate thing. In terms of the actual relationship itself, like he just needs to be reliable. He needs to be the person that I know that I can go to even if I'm feeling a bit low. I don't want to just have someone that I can go to when I'm feeling sexy and wanting to just like burn off some fun energy. Like I want to actually be with someone that enjoys all the dimensions of me. Um, I would want to be with someone who is in their sort of, it's like, this is already how this person is in terms of he already is the kind of guy who wants to look out for people around him. And I happen to be one of the people that he wants to look out for. I would want to be with a guy who dating him is fun. Like he also wants to actually have a great time. Like I don't want to just spend majority of our dating life just like having sex and chilling in the bed and not doing anything like I want to live a very zesty life like I would hope that he's someone that has a career that's in enough motion for there to be exciting things that I can come and support him in he can come support me um I would want to be with someone who doesn't feel intimidated by how big my star is gonna be become um because my star is growing honey (laughs) and hopefully so will his Whoever he is, wherever he is, we're both gonna be stars in our own way. Even if we're not in a in a very visible industry at the same time. But I just hate the idea of being with a man who it feels like he's like choking on sand when he's complimenting you. Or men who suddenly wanna ruin your big day with their bad news and their bad vibes. I don't like that. What else? Um I guess I'd wanna be with a man who is self-directed in his adoration for me. So I don't have to keep telling him what to do. He knows what I like, because he studied it. And he uses his initiative to show up and surprise me. And I just love all the things. So I know that, okay, if that's what I would prefer, then I'm not gonna date anybody who doesn't already have that kind of framework set up in their life, I'm just not gonna do it. And this isn't even about being asexual because I've spoken about this before on my podcast about me being asexual and that giving me more confidence to be on my own because I don't feel this rush or emergency that other women feel when it comes to dating men. Um, And yeah, it just... The going with the flow thing doesn't work for me because I know where my life is going and why would I come off of my own course to now join your own direction. So I've just put myself on a diversion for no reason. Like, there has to be a good, there has to be a really, really good reason to go with a man's flow. Like, can you even trust that that man is steering a ship he's confidently steering? Like, is he confident in his steering? Because people will be wanting men to lead them. Okay, but lead you to where? Lead you to where though? Like, what do you mean by I want a man who's gonna lead? Lead you to where? The promised land? Where are we going? Is there snacks there? Like, where are you taking us? What do you mean I need a man to lead? Because that to me feels very patriarchal, but it could be argued by certain people that wanting a man who, wanting to be with a man who has money is no different to wanting a man who's gonna lead you. And why I would argue against that is because just because I'm spending your money doesn't mean that you're controlling the course of my life. A man leading, that to me just feels a bit mad. Like that just feels a bit, whoa, I have many questions and you're not going to like my questions. So you might as well just lead me to do what I'm doing. in it. Like you don't need to lead me anywhere, I'm good. But what you can do is offer pointers. <laughs> you know, you can offer support without leading me. You can offer me encouragement without leading me. I don't need a leader Because before I met you, who was a leader of my life? Was it not me? I am my leader, not some man. So, yeah, I don't know about just, like, letting men just come into your life and let them redecorate your life for you. That, to me, feels very bizarre. Um, And uh, the only situation or circumstance I can imagine that happening in is if I've known this man for years before dating him, and in those years I've known him before dating him, We've had enough of a bond and a trust built between ourselves where I've been able to observe how he goes about his life and I can trust certain decisions that he makes. So let's say I'm in a medical emergency. I can trust that he'll make decisions on my behalf. Like or let's say, um, I don't know, like for whatever reason, I'm away from the country and... I need him to help me sort something out. Like, I can trust that he will do that to an impeccable standard because he cares. And I know that he's done it well for himself before. Like, you can't just be letting random men come into your life and lead you because you want a man to lead you. Like, if you really do deep down want a man to lead you, I don't even think that's the worst thing ever. It's up there, but it's not the worst thing ever. And I'll I'll explain why. The reason why I don't think it's the worst thing ever to want a man to lead you is because, you know, if you're able to find a man who actually has, like, And this is really rare rare what I'm about to say. But if you're able to find a man who has leadership qualities, um, but he's not abusive or controlling, he just is like a teddy bear of a person. (laughs) Like he's just, he's like a loving leader and he doesn't have any manipulative tendencies in that leadership. And you've seen him really exemplify that reputation of being a go-to person and you've really been able to watch him show that leadership in other people's lives, and you've seen the result of that leadership, then, okay, I guess. But I don't know, I just feel somehow about the idea of just like giving men full reign over your life. I don't know about that. And that's normally the situation that a lot of women who date men with money end up in. If that woman hasn't got her own money, or you haven't like got an alternative life to go back to not even to go back to because you're still in your life but what i mean is like you don't have an alternative version of your life to easily blend back into should things not work out with this guy you don't really have a sense of like personal individualism outside of this guy who's financially taking care of you like that's where i feel like dating men with money can be dangerous but i've always said listen Money or not, these men can be walked away from. No man is more important than your happiness and your well-being and your peace of mind. I don't care how much money he has. If he's moving like he's irreplaceable, then he's about to get replaced. Even if it's not with a person, just replaced by you filling your life with yourself. The spot he once held, you fill that spot with yourself every man on this planet can easily be walked away from unless you're in a situation where you're financially bound to him or you're legally bound to him and this is the danger that I'm trying to point at with being a people pleaser where sometimes your people pleasing can take you to new heights heights that are really scary to come down from heights like signing legally binding documents with men heights like hiding drugs and guns for men Heights like letting men come close to your children. Heights like giving men access to your bank accounts, having shared accounts with men. Like, these are heights that are scary because once you're in it, it's a lot harder to come out of. And my biggest anxiety for any woman who. Allows men to lead the flow, or for women who date men who have money, but these women don't have their own sense of financial security, but also just like personal self esteem security, is that you can easily get lost in that. So, if you're a person that's a people pleaser, I know that this is not something that you can change overnight, and it might not be something you can change ever, but it's something you can be observant about. And there will be moments where you'll be able to advocate for yourself and say, you know what, my answer is no. And that's going to be, the, it's going to feel like the scariest no you've said in the world. But you'll be so glad that you said that no. And you'll look back and you'll be really proud of the person you were in that moment. Because as a people pleaser, there is nobody else that's going to advocate for you. Where have you ever seen yourself or someone else being a people pleaser? And out of nowhere, this person just comes and rescues you and says, no. What she really wanted to say is she doesn't wanna do it. There's no one that's gonna do that for you. And my, honestly, with dating men and letting men have access to your personal space, if you knew how, how much danger is involved in the other side of what happens when you give men this free reign, you'd be a lot more vigilant and you'd be a lot more picky about who you please because I'm not saying that men don't deserve pleasure. I'm not saying that being a people pleaser means you're doomed what I'm saying is that we are one man away from a very different life and being a people pleaser puts you at a higher risk of coming across men who are going to take advantage of your nature and they will not feel bad about it because you're probably the 12th person that they've done that with and It really sucks to hear and I know that everyone thinks that they're the exception until it happens and then you're left in this place where you've now got to really sit with the decisions that you made that led up to this particular moment that you're having to now recover from. And you don't want to feel that regret of, oh man, I should have just said no, oh, I shouldn't have married this man. Oh my God, I should not have created a shared bank account with him. Oh my God, should not have given him my address and my passport details. Oh my God, I shouldn't have told him that. Oh my God, I allowed him near my children. You don't want that. And there are ways to prevent that. And it all starts with what you say yes to right now. And, you know... It also comes down to not feeling bad about saying yes to your needs and no to his needs. Because if he's really meant for you and if that man really likes you, like he ain't going to make you feel bad about that. If anything, he's going to want to support your needs and you won't have to be worrying about, am I people pleasing or am I overdoing it? You get to just relax into who you are. And yeah, there is hope out there to meet someone who, even if you still are a people pleaser, he won't take advantage of that. It's rare. But it's not impossible. (sighs) you <sighs>